Mindy Peterson, and this is Enhanced Life with Music, a holistic look at the power of music in our everyday lives. My guest today is joining me from Seattle. Betsy Hartman is a board-certified music therapist with additional certifications in neurologic music therapy and guided imagery and music. She is the director and founder of PNW Music Therapy. Betsy is dedicated to bringing the healing benefits of music to others and partnered in 2015 with Swedish Medical Group and its Multiple Sclerosis Center to develop and lead its flagship music therapy program. Betsy's also partnered with Bristol-Myers Squibb and American Music Therapy Association to help create MS in Harmony. Welcome to Enhanced Life with Music, Betsy. Hello, thank you for having me. Betsy, can you start by explaining what multiple sclerosis, MS, is and what its typical effects are? Yeah, so multiple sclerosis is a neurodegenerative disease of the central nervous system. And it's been described as being unpredictable because it really is. Um, Every person that's affected and living with MS doesn't necessarily know how it's going to affect their mind, uh, brain, or body because what's happening is the flow of information is disrupted. And so Some people might be affected with experiencing uh, fatigue, um, deficits in motor control, cognition, or speech and language, Um, and they might even experience some secondary effects like depression or anxiety, but it's different for every person. Okay. How do most people first have an inkling that this may be their diagnosis? Right. Well, you know, some people that I've spoken with have said, and also, you know, keep in mind that this is a disease that can happen to a young person in their 30s. And so seemingly everything is fine and normal. And then all of a sudden, uh, someone might be experiencing extreme fatigue. Um, And they just kind of think, you know, what is going on? And then sure enough, after some tests, they discover that they have MS. Okay. So it really could show up in just fatigue and not necessarily tripping or having gait issues or things like that. Yeah. Well, that does happen as well. Um, They might, like you mentioned, have difficulty with gait or just realizing that they don't have as much of control over their cognition. Like they're forgetting things, um, difficulty recalling facts. And um, I've heard a lot of people describe it as, you know, everyone forgets things once in a while, but I knew this was different. I just Uh couldn't, something was missing. And then again, sure enough, MS. Okay. Well, what are music's superpowers when it comes to addressing the effects of MS? Oh, man, there's so many. (laughs) Yeah, so something that is just incredible about music is that not only when working with people who have MS, not only does music have the ability to address those physical components, so working on things like motor skills, speech and language skills, or cognitive skills, but it also has the ability to address those psychosocial things Mm -hmm. that are happening, things like anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. So it really is a tool that, a non-pharmacological tool that is able to address 
pretty much all the symptoms of MS. Okay. Talk to us a little bit about neuroplasticity and music superpower in that way and how it is so specific to MS. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the brain neuroplasticity has the ability to rewire itself. And we know that music is really amazing at helping that happen. So someone, for example, living with MS might um, begin to experience difficulty moving their fingers or their wrist. And let's say this is a person who, you know, played the guitar before or um, had to type on the keyboard like so many of us do. Mm -hmm. And then um, their disease progresses. They're having difficulty making all of those fine and gross motor movements. And you can actually bring in music to help rewire the brain and to help that person relearn how to um, how to use and do those skills again. So it might actually be through um, through just kind of the continual repetitive motion of coming back to the instrument. Mm-hmm. Um, but more often than not, it's actually using the fundamental components of music, things like rhythm, tempo, melody, and pitch to help that person relearn a skill. Okay. Well, and one big component of MS is that myelin sheath damage that happens with those Mm -hmm. connections between the the brain and the body. Is that right? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it would make sense to me that music would be really helpful in stimulating growth in those connections between the mind and body because that's that's what music does. Right. You know, it's so, I tell my patients all the time um, that when you are listening to music, it is like a party is happening in your brain. Mm. So many parts of your brain are on fire in a good way mm-hmm. when you're listening to music. And then if you were to take it a step further and actually play an instrument, you are engaging that motor cortex, which we know is very important to engage in MS. And so then you're really activating all parts of your brain. And people will say to me, whoa, 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 I'm not a musician. There's no way that I can do this. And the thing is, most people that I work with have no experience, confidence, background in in music in okay. any way. Uh-huh. And so, you know, that's what makes music therapy so powerful is that we can come to the non-musician and use music tools and interventions to accomplish non-musical goals. Mm-hmm. Well, when I think about MS, I don't know if this is accurate or not, but I imagine one way it could feel is, you know, in your mind, what you want your body to do, whether Mm -hmm. it's your fingers or your, your feet or legs, whatever, you just can't get them to do it. And they're not cooperating and doing what you want them to do when you want them to do it. Does that sound accurate? Mm -hmm, Okay. And when I think about that, I can completely relate to that feeling as a musician because there are so many times as a musician where you know what you want your hands to do on your instrument. For me, it's piano. For you, it's harp. You're a harpist, Mm -hmm. right? Right. Among other things is my guess. (laughs) Right, right. But, you know, there's so many times where I know what I want my hands to do on the piano and I can't get them to do it without practicing and mm-hmm. and continuing to just try and try and then eventually it happens and one classic example that I see all the time with my students is when they get to that point in their studies where they need to play one hand short and detached staccato mm-hmm. 
and the other hand legato, smooth and connected. And so they're doing those two different movements with their two hands. And you can just see the frustration on their face because they know exactly what they need to do and they can't get their hands to do it. And I'm like, I know it's frustrating. Just keep trying. And eventually it's like a light switch flips and those connections and those neural pathways are established and they're able to do it. And then it's, it's really fun to experience that personally and then to watch that happen with them. But it's like you can almost feel those neural pathways being established in the brain. And so I can totally see how music could be incredibly effective with right. Well, yeah. And then take that scenario and imagine it with a person who has developed the skill. They've been walking their entire life. Mm. And then all of a sudden, that skill is taken away from yeah. them. So frustrating. So at the Multiple Sclerosis Center that I work at in Seattle, I often collaborate with a physical therapist. And it's so incredible to see because the PT will come to me and say, hey, I have a patient who has is having difficulty with their gait. Um, they, they're hoping to be able to increase their speed and endurance. Um, and they have some irregularities. And it's just overall um, frustrating and difficult for them to walk. I think that music would be really beneficial for them. And I say, okay, great. We use a technique called rhythmic auditory stimulation, which is essentially, um, like I mentioned before, using those fundamental components of music, um, primarily the rhythm. Think about that metronome in piano Mm -hmm. lessons that so many of us are like, oh, turn off the metronome. But really, (laughs) yeah, that is the most essential thing because that's what's helping the brain rewire. And when we have that auditory input, we have a direct motor output. Mm. And so our body is responding uh, to that bum, 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 uh-huh. bum. So anyways, thinking about that person who has been walking their whole life, all of a sudden that skill is taken away from them. We get them in a room. We uh, determine what their cadence is, um, how many beats per minute they're walking, and it can range anywhere from 35 beats per minute to 115 beats per minute. And then we, we plug in that metronome, and almost instantaneously, you'll see that the person straightens up, their gait pattern becomes more regular, and they'll even say, oh my gosh, I'm not dragging my foot anymore. I can't help but move to the tempo. It's so cool. That is cool. And that reminds me of uh, someone I interviewed on Parkinson's, and they were Mm -hmm. kind of talking about a similar effect that music has with that. Is that related to entrainment also, that synchronization that our bodies and minds tend to have with music and the beat? Yeah, 100%. I always, a little scenario I like to share because it resonates with people is think about when you're... um, whatever you're doing, if you're at a restaurant or um, driving in your car or someone in your household has music on and you're not really paying attention to it, but then all of a sudden you notice you're tapping your foot or Mm -hmm. swaying to the beat and then you think, oh, I didn't even know there was music on. Mm -hmm. That's entrainment. Like our subconscious heard the music and we just moved to it. Sure. Well, I think it's pretty safe to say music is a bridge between Mm -hmm. the mind and the body. Yes. And so it it totally makes sense that with MS, it could be incredibly helpful. And would you say that it's accurate to say that 
the use of music therapy with those dealing with MS can not only help them cope with the effects of MS, but help restore function? Yes, definitely. And those are the primary goals that I work on every week when I I, I lead a weekly group and uh, with people living with MS. And in this group, not only the group is virtual now um, at this time, and mm-hmm. so it's a little bit different. But in this group, we are working on giving people tangible tools to help improve those functional goals, like those phys- those motor goals, those speech and language goals. So we might do things like vocal exercises, working on our breath. We might even do some different exercises that help um, engage our cognition and improve some of our memory skills. But then throughout that entire time, we're also working on things that help improve our coping, like recognizing that living with MS is incredibly hard. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be incredibly isolating. And so giving people the opportunity through music, through songwriting, through listening to lyrics to help them express themselves and creatively process mm-hmm. where their life is at right now. Yeah. And one thing that you said at the beginning of that was, talking about the the therapeutic goals, kind of depending on what those goals are that will guide what you do in the group session. And I think it's important to point out that music therapy is an established healthcare discipline, mm-hmm. and you work collaboratively with people's medical team. And, and they that's kind of where your involvement starts. Is that right? Where you start by collaborating with the medical team and saying, okay, what's the therapeutic goal here? And then mm-hmm. moving forward from that. Yes, definitely. You know, I mentioned that I work closely with the physical therapist. And so when I'm working with PT, we're primarily working on all of those gross motor skills and all of those physical goals. Um, When I'm working with patients, I generally, I I always assess them and ask, hey, what are you dealing with? What are you working on? What are your goals? What do you want to see be improved? And then talk about these are the ways that music therapy can help support you. And it's a beautiful collaboration because most patients, if they're able to, are working with an occupational therapist, um, a physical therapist, their nurse, their doctor, maybe a counselor, a psychiatrist, a music therapist. We want more music therapy in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all work together to treat the whole patient. Mm-hmm. Well, and one thing that you touched on earlier and that I love about music therapy is it is non-pharmacological. It's non-invasive. There are no side effects. Right. And it's enjoyable. You know, I mean, if you think about physical therapy, a lot of us, myself included, okay, one more thing to do Uh every day. Uh But music is fun and it's social and, you know, the best exercise is one that you're going to enjoy because you're actually going to do it. Oh my goodness. I know, you know, part of the work, not only do I work on gait training with the physical therapist, but we also just work on some of those simple exercises like bicep curls and uh, building up strength in your lower extremities, like marching in place. And Mm. almost every time the physical therapist will say, oh my gosh, I never thought I could get that patient to do that many reps for two minutes a time. Mm. But when it's paired with that strong tempo, the bum, bum. Um, and maybe an enjoyable or familiar melody. The patient is just like, oh, I worked out for five minutes. I had no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the way you're describing the music therapy session, too, it really sounds like a holistic blend of Mm -hmm. occupational therapy, physical therapy, mental talk therapy in terms of, you know, psychotherapy. I mean, it's really all of those things blended together and 
an enjoyable experience, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is pretty awesome. Thank you to our sponsor, Sonics. Sonics is an AI transcription service that automatically converts your audio and video files to text and can translate that text to over 40 languages. I recently started transcribing these podcast episodes for many reasons, including making them accessible to those with hearing impairment. And I chose Sonics because of their accuracy, affordability, and because their site is so easy to use. Big plus. Sonics transcripts make the most of your hard work and allow you to repurpose your content easily and efficiently. If you want to increase traffic to your website and improve accessibility and shareability, start transcribing today with Sonics. Get a free trial and an extra 100 minutes of free transcription if you choose to subscribe to a paid plan by going to Sonics, that's S-O-N-I-X dot A-I slash invite slash Enhanced Life 100. That's Sonics dot A-I slash invite slash Enhanced Life 100 for a free trial and an extra 100 minutes of free transcription if you choose to subscribe to a paid plan. Well, my guess is that music therapy could really be helpful, not only for the people who have been received the diagnosis, but also for their loved ones. How common is it for you to have family Mm -hmm. members or friends involved in some of these sessions or just involved in the activities that the patient is doing on their own during the week? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, you're, you're so right. Um, it really can be meaningful for family members or caregivers. One reason why it's meaningful is because it gives the caregiver something really tangible and hands-on to do with their loved one. Mm-hmm. Um, together, they're able to listen to music, to talk about the music. If a caregiver is with, you know, taking care of someone who has lost a lot of their their cognition or physical abilities, um, it can be really hard to connect with that person because in some ways that relationship just feels, that person feels gone Mm -hmm. in some ways and it can be really sad. But we know that music has the ability to stir up memories and our brain has the ability to recall lyrics. Like it's just incredible. Like no, no other tool can transport us back to a time and, And because there's all of these mnemonic devices in music, our brain is really good at remembering lyrics. And so one simple activity that I do with caregivers is simply to say, hey, what are the songs that you used to listen to when you first met? Mm. Um, What was the song that you played at your wedding? (laughs) And they'll play these songs together. And sure enough, they'll they'll connect, they'll bond, Uh they'll have a moment. And when I see that, it is so meaningful for me because it it's just, it's priceless for that family yeah. or for that couple. Yeah. Well, and that leads right into another question that I wanted to go to. And that is Swedish does a really great job, it seems, from their website of mm-hmm. recognizing that treatment of MS is not just the body. It's also the mind and the soul. And You've kind of talked a little bit, touched on a little bit how the music therapy that you do does address the body, but then also these other parts. So we talked about the body a little bit in terms of music therapy's application to motor function and movement and using rhythm, entrainment, those auditory inputs that have motor outputs that are related, Mm -hmm. speech, things like that. Talk to us a little bit about the mind and the soul and how music therapy can 
can bring healing to the mind and the soul Mm -hmm. for those who are experiencing MS. Right. So you have two elements of the mind. You have the cognitive piece, which we've talked a little bit about how music can help improve memory recall. And that can be really important because um, that's what helps us live our daily life, like remembering our grocery list and the people's names in our family. Mm -hmm. Um, But it also can help with the part of the mind that might be dealing with anxious thoughts. And similarly, it can help with part of the soul that might be dealing with feelings of isolation and depression um, and just kind of stuck in this loop of like, ah, this this disease isn't curable, you know, there's things that I can do. And so that's where music can come into play to help people creatively process and work through some of those feelings or emotions. And it's why I also love the, you know, I work with people individually and I mentioned the groups and it's why I love the groups because it builds up community. Mm -hmm. And we know it's why we form groups Everywhere we go, it's because when you feel that support of other people going through similar things, uh, that's what helps you, can help you make it through. Yeah. And and the music really becomes a great connecting factor for those people. Yeah. Well, there's so much research on the, the bonding chemicals and hormones that are pre- produced when we make music together with people or just experience music together. If you think about a concert and everybody yes. kind of swaying together. Yes, <laughs> um, we're connected. Yeah. I think one thing you brought up that's important is MS is a chronic condition. It's not something that's going to be cured. Hopefully it will be at some point, yes. but most people are living with this as a, a chronic condition that they're they're not expecting to be completely eliminated. And so the music therapy really is vital for treating the whole person, body, mind, and soul, and not only restoring function, but also quality of life. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what's so important to all of us. I mean, we all have, you know, those thorns in the flesh that we're dealing with that yeah. kind of drag us down a little bit. And quality of life is what we're all, you know, really yep. after. Mm-hmm. Definitely. How common is it for hospitals and clinics to approach MS treatment here in the U.S. the way Swedish does in terms of really focusing on not just the body, mm-hmm. but also the mind and the spirit? You know, I think it's becoming more and more common. Um, I'm really impressed with what Swedish MS Center does and as far as bringing in so many different support systems, not only do they have OT, PT, and music therapy, but they're connected with you know speech and language pathologists. They're also working with yoga instructors and Pilates instructors and art teachers. And so they're really bringing in this full group of professionals to help people living with MS navigate their disease in a way that keeps their life good and joyful and meaningful. I can't speak fully to what other organizations or clinics are doing across the country, but I know through, through conversations that, um, we are just realizing more and more, Hey, it's not just about taking medicine and then you're done. There's Mm -hmm. so much more involved in it. And that's what makes me happy to be a part of this, of of doing research, of working um, in clinics like this to help people continue to understand why it's so vital to have professionals like music therapists as part of the interdisciplinary collaborative team. Mm -hmm. Your your work was featured in a short film by Novartis called The Power of Music as Therapy in MS, which I loved the video. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. 
in the video, you said music therapy isn't alternative therapy. Mm-hmm. It is therapy. Mm-hmm. There's enough research and data to prove that. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite piece of data or research or two or three that, that you find especially <laughs> yeah. exciting or compelling that you want to share with us? Yeah, you know, so I pull most of my practices from um, the practice of neurologic music therapy. And I mentioned rhythmic auditory stimulation. And in this data, not only is it beneficial for people with multiple sclerosis, but traumatic brain injury, stroke, mm-hmm. Parkinson's. And we know, um, you know, they've, they've pulled the data, they've done the research to determine what is it about music that gets our bodies moving. And what they found is it's coming back to those fundamental components of music music, uh, the rhythm, the tempo, the beat, uh, sometimes the, the melody and the pitch, but that is what our body is having a physiological response to. Um, and, and to see how we can take just like dancing in a group of people to helping it benefit someone with a neuro disease um, and finding the research and the data to prove that there's rhyme behind that reason. We mm-hmm. know why, why this is happening. We are just rhythmic people uh-huh. is pretty exciting for me. They even did um, a study, gosh, in 2010, I think, wanting to give people an at-home walking program using rhythmic auditory stimulation. And they did this with people who are living with multiple sclerosis. And essentially, you know, it's pretty simple. For two weeks, they sent 10 participants home, um, people living with MS, and they said, you're going to use rhythmic auditory stimulation for two weeks. And everyone could have predicted this, who knows anything about music, but those are the peoples who um, their gait pattern improved Mm. um, more so than the people who didn't have anything to listen to. And it was just a simple play this song and walk for 20 minutes. Yeah, simple and inexpensive. Right. We're not talking about overwhelming the healthcare system with expensive policies and procedures and and gear here. Yes. Such a good point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you partnered with Bristol Myers Squibb and American Music Therapy Association to help create MS in Harmony. Can you tell listeners just real quick about that resource that yeah. is available? Oh, MS in Harmony is so great. It really is a first of its kind initiative, giving people living with MS and their caregivers an opportunity to tap into music therapy interventions at home. So I knew that when I got involved with MS and Harmony, I was pretty excited about it as a music therapist and and really happy to contribute my expertise into their program. But now that it's released, I'm even more thrilled because (laughs) they've done such a good job. Um, It really is a resource that not only if you're living with MS, yes, of course, check it out, but it really is for everyone. If you want to learn how music can help improve your sleep, if you want to learn how music can help improve your memory, uh, whatever it is for you, um, check it out. Okay. Wow. Well, I'll have the link in the show notes to that. That sounds amazing. I'm going to take a closer look at it again now that you said that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Any other recommended resources that you want to mention to listeners who want to dig into this topic more? Yeah. If you are ever wanting to know more about music therapy, I recommend checking out the American Music Therapy Association. Uh, They have uh, so much information and resources that you can find through looking for their website. And it can also help connect you to a music therapist in your area. Awesome. 
Well, thank you so much, Betsy. I ask all my guests to close out our conversation with a musical ending, a coda, by sharing a song or a story about a moment that music enhanced your life. I'm sure you have a bazillion of them, but <laughs> do you have a song or story that you can share with us in closing today? Hmm. Yeah, definitely. I I have so many beautiful and amazing encounters with the with the patients and families that I work with on a daily basis. Um, but this year, in light of the year that we've all experienced, mm-hmm. I really wanted to focus on how could I use music for me personally and for my family. Um, and so my family has gotten into the habit. I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old and my husband and I, you know, nights just being home, we kind of started thinking like, what are we going to do? Um, and so we started just creating fun playlists to listen to with our kids. And that's just been really sweet where my daughter now always asks like, turn the song, turn the playlist on. And she loves the song. I like to move and move it from Madagascar. And I won't sing it because it's probably already stuck in your head if you know it. Um, But that's been really sweet. But the thing that's been the most meaningful for me is has been playing my harp for myself. Mm. Um, I love giving harp music and my music to other people, but giving myself permission to just sit and play without any expectations or end result has Mm. been very life enhancing for me. Mm, love that. Do you want to play anything on the harp for us? I would be happy to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's do that. Of course. I have my harp with me here. I'll play you a little snippet and then you can feel free to add it in whenever. This is something that I might play. And, you know, today I will just share something that I've been doing. It's just coming to my harp and whatever comes out of my fingers, I just go with it. Sounds great. I feel like I just had a therapy session just (laughs) listening to that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Betsy, for sharing with us this valuable life-enhancing utilization of the power of music. There are lots of links in the show notes to resources Betsy discussed, including MS and Harmony and the American Music Therapy Association. We mentioned the excellent short film by Novartis that features Betsy's work and the healing power of music. That link is included in the show notes. I highly recommend it. 
You'll also find some related episodes you'll want to check out if you found this conversation helpful, including one of our very first episodes ever with Gabby Giffords, music therapist, called Music Rewires the Brain, as well as episodes on musical interventions for Parkinson's disease and speech development disorders, how music heals the soul, and how you can benefit from an entrepreneur's combination of music, health, and technology. If you've seen or experienced the healing power of music, I'd love to hear about it. You can connect with me and find show notes and a transcription of this episode at mpetersonmusic.com slash podcast slash episode 96. There is a link to that page right in the episode details in your podcast app, as well as links to connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. If you enjoyed this conversation, please pay the power of music forward by sharing this episode with someone who may find it helpful, whether a friend, parent, or grandparent, and whether you share by text, social media, or your own acoustic voice. Thank you so much for joining me today. Until next week, may your life be enhanced with music.